Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to The Hotbed. This is Series 3, Episode 4. I'm Anneke Somerville. And I'm Lisa Williams. We are The Hotbed Collective. We are. Um, And today we're actually talking to one of my all-time heroines, Sally Hughes. Um, And I'm going to have to be quite careful, actually, that I don't fawn too much all the time. Um, Sally's basically somebody who knows everything about beauty and... Skincare. So if you ever want to get the lowdown on anything to buy in that genre. And what I love about her is that she doesn't shy away from being critical. So she hasn't been, I don't think she's been bought over by all these big cosmetics brands. So she tends to say what she thinks. Um, she's also a journalist who writes about relationships and sex for the pool. Um, and we're going to be talking about the whole idea of the maintenance shag, which was a phrase that she coined um we'll go into a bit more detail about that it's fairly self-explanatory um but sort of the kind of shag that you have when you decide that it's been a bit too long and it's time to just crack on with it so that's the kind of thing that lisa doesn't do because she's always having really good sex all the time aren't you yeah mine are never run-of-the-mill maintenance shags they're always full-on porn star performance-based pay-per-view worthy uh extravaganzas with dancing girls there's often dancing props you have a lot of props don't you props lots of bondage gear whatever i can get my hands on all kinds of toys i mean buzzing is the word Mm. i was going to ask you because i'm you know i hear a lot of talk about sex droughts and we're going to talk more about it such an unpleasant phrase um, and it's something we've written about as well in, in magazines. Um, what what would you say, what's the longest you've gone in a relationship without sex? Because when people say they're going through a sex drought and then they go, oh, we haven't had sex for like three days. And I'm like, <laughs> honey, that's no sex drought. That's just, you're very lucky lady. Um, yes, I remember, so big fan of Trisha over here, Trisha the show. Mm. Trisha Goddard once said in an interview, well, you know, it's all going wrong when you're not having sex three times a week. And I thought, "Mm." (laughs) hmm, quite a lot. And actually, what I think is important and has been important about our work with the Hotbed Collective is that we don't really focus on how often people do it. Because to me, that's the same as like, how long do you last in bed? It's for me, it's not a barometer of good sex or a healthy relationship. Um, I don't think it is about quantity. I think it's it's about quality more than quantity, but not always quality. I mean, sometimes you can have a kind of average shag, but it's still better than not having one. 
Um, I don't really think about numbers. It's also not about like how many people you've slept with because you could have been with the same person for a very long time and become extremely skillful or you could have slept with 75 different people, men and women, and still be a terrible lover. Because it's been a bit crap. Mm. What do you think about this whole idea? Because we've, we've discussed it a lot before, I think, this kind of um, idea of scheduling it. So almost like in the same way that you do, like put out the recycling on a, on a Sunday night. Mm. Um, need That's, to, you which, know. can I point out, is in my house pay-per-view worthy. It's an extravaganza when I put the, the recycling out. There's dancing ladies, lots of props, lots of toys. It's a prelude to intercourse. Often, especially when food recycling is involved, because that's my favourite. Brilliant. But what what do you think about the idea of actually saying, okay, Tuesday night is business night. <laughs> or, you know, Saturday night is always business night. Um, or do you just think, actually, no, I mean, that, that sounds so depressing that you... You have to put it in the diary because otherwise it just doesn't happen. It's put so brilliantly by Flight of the Concords, who we love, who've got a song called Business Time. If you haven't heard it, we're going to put the link to it in the show notes. And it's all about it can't be Monday because you've got netball. It can't be Tuesday because I'm out with the lads and it's Wednesday. You're not too tired. It's business time. And it's just so spot on. Um, I think that let's look to the experts. If we look at Esther Perel. And our very own Dr. Karen, Dr. Karen, Dr. Karen, these are just, I mean, that's just two uh, experts who say that you do need to work at desire, that it doesn't, it's not necessarily spontaneous and that there's nothing uncool or unsexy or unromantic about scheduling in or working on relationship. So whilst I used to take the piss out of something like date night, and we've talked about, (laughs) we've talked about it a lot, that going to the harvester eating loads of food, burping and farting and then wanting a shag at the end. Of- <laughs> oh, sorry. I just <laughs> okay. fell off my chair. You said harvester and I suddenly got my hunger pangs came on really hard. Well, didn't you have an orgasm? What, in the harvester? Well, when I mentioned harvester, it's like Pavlov's dog. I say harvester, you say orgasm. It is the most erotic environment, mm. I must say. So while I'm personally not a big fan of date night, I am a fan of making some space for intimacy and just thinking maybe even from the moment you wake up today I'm going to have a shower and shave my legs and I'm going to allow myself to think a little bit about sex during the day and then I'm going to make a decision not to binge watch Trisha when I get home and there's an irony in that the moment where you are beginning to get extremely annoyed with each other for little things and you start picking and nagging and irritating the hell out of each other is sort of often the moment where you most need to have a shag and so it's trying to find your way out of that you have not taken out the um, recycling now for three weeks in a row getting from that moment to the come and take me now sort of thing so how do you sort of navigate that and it is sometimes about just forgetting about the petty uh, stuff around the house maybe having a glass of wine or having a little massage or a nice bath. What about a Jacob's cracker with a bit of cheddar and pickle on it? Does it for me. Mm. It's to my heart. Moving on to sexy time because you do find, I find anyway, that after a little maintenance shag, as Sally would say, you are just that bit nicer to each other and things matter that bit less. Mm. Well, so that's our interview coming up now. So the amazing Sally Hughes. Who I love because not only is she a brilliant writer, she's a brilliant thinker. She's very clever. She is and a lot of her work is well thought through and uncliched and extremely thought-provoking i want to be her friend but i don't think it's going to happen i'd like to thank moon cup for 
for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't heard of a moon cup, have a look at mooncup.co.uk to check it out. It's the original reusable menstrual cup made from medical grade silicon. It is vegan and eco-friendly and money saving and all the other good words. I have been using one since I was at university and trust me, buying one was one of the only good decisions I made back then. As a busy person, I've always liked how I don't have to empty it as often as you'd need to change a tampon and you don't need to remember to head to the shops every month or think about what you need for light or heavy days as it's great for both. If you have any questions about how it works or if you're curious to try one, head to mooncup.co.uk to find out more. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Pretty excited today because we've got Sally Hughes here, um, and I've got to admit a little something. Okay. I don't want you to think that I'm like a stalker or anything, but um, I've read all your books. Have you? And literally, if I go into Boots or a beauty department, mm-hmm. I'm usually trying to Google your name mm-hmm. because I'm usually looking up some sort of product that you've recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing that to the sales assistant mm-hmm. so essentially and whenever anyone asks me what do you do I usually say well you need to read Sally's column that's nice. to find out more that's nice well I take that as a compliment take you it great <laughs> take it as a compliment um, and I guess yeah and I, what I've loved actually we won't be talking so much about beauty today because mm-hmm. I think we're going to be talking more about your writing and your journalism around relationships mm-hmm. and, and in specifically something that you've written for the pool a while back um, about the maintenance shag, mm-hmm. which I'm really interested in finding yes. more out um, about. Um, but I just wanted to say, as an aside, what I love about your work is that you're always brutally honest. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's enough of that. 
not in women's magazines, not in journalism generally, there's just quite a lot of pandering to the patriarchy. So that's what I love about your your writing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that's that is the exciting thing. Let's talk. Let's move on a bit because the hotbed. We talk a lot about things like sex droughts and yeah. the kind of horrible situation you can get into in a long term re- relationship where essentially you just sort of you haven't had sex for a long time. Yeah. And you kind of feel like you need to have sex. You've got this kind of horrible anxiety that everyone else is having more sex than you. In reality, they're probably not. I mean, your article that you wrote about the maintenance shag, tell me a bit about what is the maintenance shag? Okay, so I write a a weekly column for The Pool and it can be about anything, current affairs, relationships, any sort of opinion column. And I, my friends had been saying to me for ages that I should write up my theory about the maintenance shag because it's something I would always bring up in casual, friendly conversation about sex. Basically, it's the idea that... Uh, we focus too much on having event sex and trying to make time for event sex. And actually the oil to, of the machinery of a relationship is just maintenance shagging. And what I mean by that is functional, mutually satisfying, possibly not that long in duration uh, sex that maintains a contact between two people who really do need to maintain a contact and an intimacy. And I think it's incredibly important personally I think it's incredibly important to make time for sex especially if you've got children because I just think that you should have a slightly conspiratorial connection with somebody that has nothing to do with your kids Mm. otherwise you're just gonna sort of you know put an axe through their head for not unloading the dishwasher you know it makes you so much more forgiving I think if the person that you live with is somebody with whom you enjoy that level of intimacy that has nothing to do with anything except the two of you and people can get away with a lot more in a relationship if that is still intact. Mm. I mean we were talking about it earlier actually we were saying often it's the times when you are becoming irritable and picking on your partner for quite boring things like dishwasher loading or you know haven't picked up things on the stairs that it's counterintuitive, but that is probably the time when you should have sex. So completely this, and often you don't realise that that's why, and actually if you take a moment, you go, "Mm, it's actually because we haven't really had a shag in a while, or whatever a while looks like for you and your relationship. But there's a sort of clutch-biting point, I think, where, where you just think, actually, things would be much better if we just got on and did it. And even if you don't instinctively feel like it because perhaps you're already pissed off, I think when when you're in that zone, you should try to do it anyway. Because I, I, I do think with sex in a relationship like that, it's not like you ever regret it. You're always really happy afterwards mm-hmm. that you did it. But it's just the starting off, isn't it? And I think you can put it off and put it off. And I think that's when the rot sets in. And so even if it, you think okay, well, this is not perfect timing for me. This is not going to be a perfect shag. I do think it's worth having anyway because it sort of resets the dials and then maybe you can be a bit more creative and exciting from therein. But sometimes you need to scratch an itch and get back to square one. And is it, I mean, because maintenance shag, there's something, I'm sort of, I'm thinking about sort of car analogies and just keeping things ticking over. Yeah. Is, it, is it sort of, is it this, is it similar to sort of slightly crap sex or you're not saying that you're just saying not having too high expectations is it just but crap sex the thing about crap sex is i d- 
there's only so crap it can get with someone that you love, I think, and someone with whom you share so much history. Mm. And so even if things go a bit wrong, it can be funny and romantic in itself. Mm. I think crap sex with a stranger is a very different game. Mm. And so I, I can't, if you love someone, I don't really think any sex is crap sex, because even if, I suppose, performatively it's not that great, it's still quite, it's still an intimate connecting thing. Mm. So I don't mean technically bad sex. I mean sex when you may not be raring for it. You know, you mm. may not be thinking, right, I'm going to put on the nice underwear and I'm going to have a nice bath and we're going to get rid of the kids. And, you know, sometimes I'm afraid it, it is while they're preoccupied by CBBS and you find mm. a 15-minute window. You know, I think that's fine. I think that's better than not doing it at all. Mm, it's so interesting because we've talked before about the pressures of date night or, you know, the kind of the very sort of when you really put sex on the agenda. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're going to go to a hotel, maybe yeah. we're going to be kid free. You know, I am going to remove all of my body hair and I'm going to go to Agent yeah. Provocateur. And I've had friends who've, who've not gone to that extent, but maybe have invested a lot in very expensive underwear mm. um, and have then suffered rejection. And it's been a very mighty fall because they've invested so much care into that one event. So in a way, what I like about the idea of the kind of the maintenance shag is that it isn't it isn't pressurizing yourself it's not that it doesn't have no. to be crap it's just actually saying it kind of needs to happen and let's yeah. just keep an open mind and see what happens exactly that it's about maintaining a touch point between two people and that date night thing that you're talking about that hotel thing okay I'm all for a dirty weekend great if that's what you want to do and that's lovely but also you don't really then have the freedom to go oh should we just order a club sandwich and watch mm. the telly in the hotel and you, you don't have that freedom because it's, it's all about this you. sex yes exactly whereas when you live together or in your long-term relationship and you live apart and maybe you know you're you're a bit more settled in your ways there's actually so much to be said for knowing that you and that person share a physical intimacy that you don't share with anyone else. It has nothing to do with the kids. It's funny, I've got two kids. My my kids are really, really close. They're best friends. And they have a relationship that also has nothing to do with us, that has nothing to do with me. And I had that with my siblings. And so I think it's good for different dynamics to exist in a family that are private to those two people. I think that's healthy. Mm. And so the fact that my husband and I have a thing that has nothing to do with the kids when mm. everything else is this shared endeavour is slightly sort of conspiratorial and intimate and, and a lovely thing and kind of keeps you sane. Mm. I do think as well, I know lots of people who've stopped having sex um, in the past and a year can turn into two years, can turn into mm. three years and I, it's highly unlikely you're going to start having sex with somebody mm. having not had it for years. You know, you're coming from a real standing start then. Mm. It's a real taboo thing. But it's interesting, when we first started the hotbed, it was part of it was sparked by a conversation around a table where we were all talking about going through a period where we weren't having sex. And, but we were all under the impression that everyone was at it all the time. Of course. Um, and then there was this lovely moment where people were like, oh shit, you know, we haven't had sex for ages. Mm -hmm. Especially if you've, say if you've just had a baby, that that period can stretch mm -hmm. on for quite a long time. And there's often a period of time where you actively hate your partner. I, I've oh, never quite worked out why that is, but I think it's just the, it's the brutal sort of newborn tiredness, yeah. feeling frazzled yeah. stage. 
Um, but it did feel very, it felt good to suddenly realise that everybody was going through something similar, even if they weren't the same sort of timelines. Have you found that with your your friends as well? That actually yes, it's very kind of... much so. And and can I make clear, I'm not suggesting that women who had a caesarean two weeks ago Get should busy. be getting on it. No, yeah. I totally am not saying that. If people are going, have just had a baby or are going through a bout of ill health, either mentally or physically, or someone is um, incapacitated in some way, of course that's different. But I'm saying day to day, all else being okay, it is highly, highly unlikely that two people will be okay not having sex. Mm. If there are two people who are fine not to have sex and just want companionship, then bingo, I suppose. But I think the chances are really low of that happening in Mm. one relationship. And so... I don't feel long term you can decide on someone else's behalf that they're not going to have sex anymore. Mm. I sort of think that's that's gross misconduct in a way. It's a bit like coming home and saying, oh, by the way, I've decided we're not going to eat in restaurants anymore. Mm. Or by the way, I've decided we're never going on holiday again because I don't feel like it. It's just not something you can take from someone's life without consultation. Mm. And so I do think it's absolutely worth when... All else is well, nobody's ill, nobody's just pushed a baby out or or whatever it is. I think it's really, really worth forcing those moments, making that time. Because a lot of people listening will go, I love the sound of this maintenance shag. But Jesus, you know, I, I just, I'm, it's going to be me that's probably going to have to initiate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because often it's, it's the myth is that guys do, but often it's the, no. it's the woman yeah. who, who might have to, you know, how do I go from slobbing out watching telly night to just this, this next thing? And is, uh, do I just not overthink it? I just sort of throw myself in there and see what happens. I am, I am somebody, everyone's different, but I am somebody who finds it incredibly difficult to be up for sex if no touching whatsoever has occurred that day. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be in it at that point. And so I do think that if you know you haven't had sex in a while and you really do need to have sex, whatever a while looks like for you, whether that's a week, a month or a year, I do think the first thing you have to do is initiate touching. And that can just be if somebody's doing the washing up, going up behind them and giving them a kiss and a hug or, um, you know, a touch of someone's bum or a cuddle on the sofa. I do think touching, I can only speak for myself, but I do think touching has to occur. I'm not somebody who can go from naught to 70 just by virtue of being in a bed. Do you Mm. know what I mean? And so I, I do think you have to initiate that stuff first. But there are certainly many times in my life in various relationships that I haven't really been up for it and I thought oh well it just needs to happen and I've just done Mm. it and I've always ended up enjoying it because Mm. it's just not something you regret it's a bit like going for a run isn't it or going to the gym you don't want to do it instinctively sometimes but you come away and think oh I'm really glad I did that Mm. and you get into this catch 22 like you said that if you goes long long periods of time that hurdle only becomes bigger doesn't it does it you know that if it it becomes six months a year then it becomes this big looming it's like catching up with a friend that you haven't seen enough of the longer Mm. it goes on the more you think oh now it's an issue yeah and and we're gonna have to talk about it and we're gonna have to talk about it we're gonna have to download the information so I think I, I, I think you do need to nip it in the bud whatever that looks like for you however long a period you consider a long period but you don't let it go on too much Mm. I think it's really important it makes me it makes me able to live with somebody 
if you know I basically I'm in, I'm 43 if I live with you I need to have either given birth to you or I need to be having sex with you <laughs> if neither of those things is in place I absolutely don't want you living in my house mm. No, it because makes I've got enough sense. friends. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need another friend. You don't need to I live want, with a friend. Yeah. I, well, it's I that kind of Morecambe and Wise sketch, isn't it? The two of you in your gym jam sitting up in bed. It's cosy and comfortable, but it's not It's not sexy. I love it, but also that stuff becomes even cosier and even more comfortable when there isn't this unspoken thing that you're meant to be dealing with. And so um, very often, I don't think he'll mind me saying, so sometimes um, we'll have a shag sort of early doors and we'll really shamelessly say to each other, oh, brilliant, so we can just watch telly when we go to bed tonight. Mm. Like there's no expectation at all. It's like a license to go and watch Netflix with a cup of tea and do a crossword in bed, which we very often do. And I think taking that weight of expectation off things, knowing that that need is being fulfilled actually makes the downtime, the lazy times, even nicer. Mm. It's a bit like um, having a quiet night in is so much more rewarding if you've been out first. You know? I know, it is. It's, it's, it's taking that expectation away, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think? One of the other things you mentioned, which I thought was interesting because we've talked about as well, is kind of um, the kind of depictions of sex that we see on TV mm. and in films. And mm. I don't think we often see a maintenance shag on telly. No. Um, so, I mean, I, I quite often talk about The Affair because that was something that I watched a lot of. And I was always really, I know a lot of that show was about sex and, and attractive looking sex and stuff. But it was it was always shown as being very passionate. And even actually with the long term relationship that's in that program, that they're together for 20 years or something, they were suddenly overcome with spontaneous desire and they would have sex on the kitchen sink or you know you're somewhere where you just sort of thought does that really happen in real life and I watched it with my partner and we were going through a phase where things weren't really happening and I thought god you know it would be so liberating in a way to see something that's a little bit more realistic not that a it has to be depressing quotidian. yeah <laughs> it's just a bit mundane. more every day because yeah. I think when you are in a long-term relationship there's a real even for men, there must be an anxiety of, hang on a minute, I'm not Dominic West. I'm not going to push you up against a tree and say something, you know, abstract. I, I may just have a quick roll around in the duvet yeah. and, and that's it. And then go back to watching my iPad. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I suppose it's changing. I don't, did you see Wanderlust at all? Yes, I did. And did you feel I, that I that was moving? I presented the launch of it, actually. Did you? So that's I saw it in advance. Um, I, I thought some of the sex in that was closer to what you're talking about, mm. closer to that level of realism. I, initially, I thought, oh, God, all the married sex is going to be quite mundane and disappointing. And that's not my case, because actually, despite what I'm saying, I have a really good sex life. I really enjoy my sex mm. life. It's not like I think it's mundane. Mm. Um, and so uh, initially, I thought it would portray sex between married people in a negative way. But actually, as it went along, I thought it was quite good. Mm. Um I, it's not that it's not that I'm advocating bad sex. I'm advocating some sex, mm. and whatever that looks like for you on that particular day. And of course, it's such a cliche, and this must come up on this podcast all the time. But absolutely, the thing that makes all of it work is talking about it. And so, I think it's very hard to navigate a sex drought if you're mm. both ignoring the issue. And I think it's much healthier for someone to say actually, we really need to have sex because you're doing my head in or I'm obviously doing your head in. We mm. actually really need to have sex. I think that's much healthier and in a way more romantic. It sounds cold and technical, but I think it's showing that you want to take care of the relationship. I think ignoring it and thinking, oh, God, we haven't had sex for ages, nobody's saying anything. Um, 
is really unhealthy. Just as a final question, because one of the things that we're really, really passionate about is this whole idea of the of orgasm inequality. So the fact that women have far fewer orgasms um, than straight men, gay men, gay women, um, so women in straight relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what, what we're, we're sort of looking at loads of reasons why that might be happening loads of available porn um you know patriarchy all sorts of other things sex education what do you think how can we actually work towards women having more equality in that area because you've already said said that sex is pleasurable it's free it's fun you know it's that's why it's never ever going to go out of fashion we're never going to be totally plugged into our devices but how can we sort of make it more likely that more women are having that pleasure more of the time what do you think is one of the central issues that we have to look at I do think a really key part of that is that women are raised and live very often in a way that is around making men happy and around making men think that they're nice women. And I think that there are many downsides to that. But in sex, one of the big things is making a man think you're enjoying something that actually isn't really doing that much for you. And letting men know that you have found something enormously pleasurable, perhaps even orgasmic when you haven't, and not wanting to hurt his feelings by saying, actually, that's not quite right for me. And so there's an awful lot of people pleasing that goes on in sex from straight women to straight men. And I think, you know, we have to be honest, there are ways of saying things. I always think that if you're going to talk about sex, what you would prefer, what you would like less of, you should do it in the sex. I would not do it afterwards. I would not do it out of context. So I would do it in the bedroom. I think if you take it out of context, it becomes more of a thing as though you've been mulling it over. Mm. Whereas when you're already in bed, there's a sort of trust and there's an intimacy where anything goes, where you can say things. So I would try and say it there and then, Mm. personally. Um, And and don't fake it. It's really, really hard because, of course... you know, I faked it. I think most of us have faked it when we were younger in particular. Mm. And of course, you can get yourself into a cycle then where the moment you don't fake it, a man thinks he's screwed it up, you know. Mm. Um, but I really do think men want you to enjoy it. I mm. really do. I've never been in a relationship with a man who didn't really, really, really want me to enjoy it. But it's a question of do I owe him mm. that validation or do I owe myself the sex that you will deserve. make that validation Correct. Well, listen, Sally, you've been brilliant and it's been so nice to hear this perspective. Um, And I think actually you've hit the nail on the head with this whole maintenance shag thing. And I think lots of our listeners will be thinking, God, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to forget about maybe trying to schedule in a big high voltage weekend. all the time from people saying we had a shag last night because we read your piece. Oh, really? We see that's good. Including my friends or my friends' husbands. It's quite weird. It is so nice, isn't it, hearing a woman talk in quite a matter-of-fact, unapologetic way about enjoying a sex life and how she actively um, makes it work for her and for her family, you know, for her partner and for their overall happiness. It's Mm. so refreshing. But you know, like at the beginning, and I wasn't just, I was being a bit fawny, a bit fawny fawny but I think at the beginning when I was talking about the way that she writes and that she applies that to everything so when it comes to beauty and skincare it's the same sort of um, mindset it's kind of like you know separating the wheat from the chaff 
And I find it's really nice talking to someone like that and I want to emulate them. And I also love the fact that we look into so many different things, so many different causes of kind of sex droughts or sex being a bit rubbish. But actually sometimes just having that impetus to take action you know, because as women, we can get very caught up in these kind of thought cycles and analysis. And, you know, I just I love the straightforwardness of it, of actually like, you know, just make it happen. The other thing that we talked about just before is sort of reasons why we've had sex droughts or just, you know, longer than average in between shags. And Sally mentioned, you know, physical illness, mental illness. Um, but I also think so, you know, bereavement. So if you've lost someone it can be quite difficult to get your sex life going again after that because sex feels so, or can feel so self-indulgent. And so in it, it's brilliant because it is self-indulgent. You know, it's, it's this moment that you give to yourself, whether it be, you know, giving yourself an orgasm or with a partner, you know, having a mutual thing. And if you've lost someone and you're sad, it can feel a little bit like, well, how could I possibly do it again after something so awful has happened to me? Um, and so it's quite difficult but you know in my experience that first shag after something terrible has happened so I've had it after a bereavement and also after redundancy so you know two quite horrible things Mm. um that first shag is doesn't have to be anything special and it sort of shouldn't be really it's a kind of let's get this out the way so that we have done it and we can sort of move on physically Mm. from there it's a bit of a watershed there's lots of other things in life that we maybe don't fancy doing but then what's we doing we're like god cleaning the bloody oven or do you know what i did cleaning the bathroom this sounds really sad but because i'm in like mental pregnancy cleaning mode um cleaning the bathroom for me was one of those things i put off for days and days and then i did it and i was like fucking hell i enjoyed that I mean, I don't usually enjoy it, but it was just, it was one, it was a task done. Yeah. I enjoy cleaning out the knicker drawer or having clear outs of the oh kids' my toys. God. Yeah. You don't want to do it. And then afterwards you're kind of, it's almost like that post-sex kind of cigarette moment where you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. So can we do like a slogan? So it is a bit like when Nike say, just do it. That's just kind of a it. bit of the theme. Just do it. Now I think for the homework of this episode, I don't know if you've already planned something, Anarchy, but jumping in... I think that we should take Sally Hughes's tip about this 10 minute window and we don't advise that you actually set an alarm on your phone, although you can do that. Um, But I do really like the idea of this sort of grace period after you've had sex where you don't suddenly switch back into parent mode or nag mode or Instagram scrolling mode, sort of vegetable mode. It's sort of um, just give yourself some time after that shag to talk about something funny or talk about the sex itself because as we've talked about before that is a brilliant window of of opportunity to say what you enjoyed and what you didn't and what you'd like to try next time um or just to go to sleep Hmm. exactly i think that's a good bit of advice Mm -hmm. right so everyone off for your maintenance shags ready steady go Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.